0: Welcome to the Frontline Gastroenterology podcast and the new IBD standards published in Frontline Gastroenterology. My name is Dr. Philip Smith. I'm an Associate Editor of Frontline Gastroenterology and a Consultant Gastroenterologist at the Royal Liverpool Hospital. And I extend a very warm welcome to Roxana Capassi, who is the Chair of IBD UK and Director of Health Service Development at Crohn's and Colitis UK. Roxana is the first author on the IBD standards. Roxana, thank you for doing this podcast to accompany your excellent IBD standards. Could I ask you to explain to our listeners how the IBD standards started and how they've evolved into the current standards?
1: The first audit of IBD services in 2006, led by the Royal College of Physicians, highlighted a large variation in care and a need for standards to ensure everyone with IBD was receiving high quality care. This led to the creation of the first standards in 2009, which were then updated in 2013. All this work improved certain aspects of IBD care. For example, we saw an increase in the number of IBD nurse specialists, But from our quality of life survey at Crohn's and Colitis UK and other research, we knew that people still needed dietetic support, psychological support, and couldn't access services when they had a flare. We needed to address these inequalities and keep making improvements. So IBD UK was formed. It's a partnership of 17 patient and professional organisations including the BSG, the Royal College of Surgeons, the Royal College of Nursing and GPs and it's great that the new standards have the weight and endorsement of all of these key organisations. As patients are pivotal they've also been involved throughout the process and sit on the board.
0: So what is new in the IBD standards then?
1: Well, the 2019 standards differ substantially, both in structure and in content. And this is as a result of substantial changes in service delivery over the last six years. So they reflect the increasing complexity of IBD management, the need for pre-treatment safety screening and therapeutic monitoring, the importance of shared decision-making and the increasing involvement of allied healthcare professionals and the need for greater partnership working between hospitals, primary care, and the growing use of technology as well to improve communication and patient education. They complement the new BSG, ACP and NICE IBD guidelines. The BSG guidelines provide the excellent evidence base and detail of current management. The standards define a high quality IBD service, including a number of objective measures of quality. The new standards have been shaped by over a thousand um, people, including clinicians and patients. They are aspirational, recognising that one size doesn't fit all and offer a pathway to improvement for every service. Paediatric care has been considered throughout in terms of paediatric specialists, age-appropriate information and transition. There's a greater focus on personalised care and support. Um, in relation to care plans, support for self-management and embracing the wider symptoms of pain, fatigue and mental health. There's more on the primary secondary care interface and coordinated care in relation to referral and flare pathway and protocols, shared care protocols and communication to GPs. There's some clearly defined metrics as well such as being seen within four weeks of referral, having a treatment plan within 48 hours, a surgery waiting time of no longer than 18 weeks, a steroid audit. And there's a strengthened focus on surgery as well with joint surgical medical care being advocated, assessment and optimization, laparoscopic surgery and psychological support during surgery. Could you explain
0: about the benchmarking that's starting soon? And how these standards have enabled this?
1: It was identified um, in 2019 that the IBD standards should have a benchmarking process and practical resources to support their implementation to make sure that real changes happen that ultimately benefit the patient. We wanted the IBD standard statements to really transform IBD care and the benchmarking tools provide the opportunity for teams to do this. Benchmarking is a means of comparing the IBD service performance against the standards. The service can monitor its relative performance, identify gaps, seek fresh approaches to bring about improvements, set goals, establish priorities for improvement and resource allocation, and also follow through with change processes based on empirical evidence. As well as highlighting the things that I P D services are doing brilliantly well, it can be an opportunity to make the case for areas that need quality improvement and allow services to be more effective with their team and efficient with resources and finances. The service self-assessment was launched on October the 1st, and prior to this, um, a number of services piloted the tool, and we've been really heartened with the feedback. One service also commented that it really makes you think, which is exactly what we're trying to do with this work. So all services now can start to undertake their service self-assessment. This involves answering questions that align with the standard statements. And it's really important that IBD teams take the time to do this. Sitting down as a team and working through the self-assessment will be a really beneficial exercise in itself. Like the previous organizational audit and the endoscopy global rating, the IBD benchmarking tool will generate gradings from A to D across four main areas of access, coordinated care, patient empowerment and quality. And then based on the results of the service self-assessment, more detailed reports uh, will will be produced for each service to guide the next steps. But the service self-assessment is just one part of the picture. What makes the benchmarking different is that for the first time, an IBD service will be able to compare its view of its performance against the views of its patients. And since July, patients have been invited to answer a questionnaire. It's hosted on the IBD UK website. It's brilliant, actually, that so far patients from 97% of all IBD services across the UK have responded, which is fantastic and shows how engaged people are. All of the questions relate to the standards and how well the service is meeting these. This will allow clinical teams to identify clear gaps for quality improvement. This is a unique opportunity for patients and clinicians to work collaboratively in identifying what the NHS needs to do better to meet the needs of people with inflammatory bowel disease.
0: Thank you, that really is fantastic. So Roxana, what, what is the plan for the future with the standards Dan, and the work that Crohn's and Colitis UK and IBD UK are doing?
1: We've now managed to integrate the IBD standards, benchmarking into the NHS quality accounts, providing a comprehensive approach for IBD. So together with the IBD registries biologics audit, this will now include patient experience, organisational and clinical data. To make sure we support the implementation of the standards, We're also planning quality improvement workshops in 2020 and these will be really important to enable services to support each other to solve problems and to share good practice. We already have some great resources and case studies on the IBD UK website and would really welcome more business cases and examples of good practice. Please do get in touch with us at information at IBDUK.org with these or any queries about the benchmarking or planned activities. We've got some exciting ideas about recognising excellence in IBD services, delivering standards, so watch this space. IBD UK is aiming to promote excellence and continuous improvement with the ultimate aim that every patient in the UK, wherever they live and whatever their age, has safe, consistent, high quality, personalised care. Working together across the IBD community, I think we have a really tremendous opportunity to make a really big difference for people with IBD.
0: Thank you, Roxana, once again, for doing this excellent podcast today and also for doing your combined BSG and Twitter Frontline Gastroenterology debate in June 2019. But also, finally, for submitting your fantastic IBD standards to Frontline Gastroenterology. That's available to download online now. Thank you for listening and join us for the next Frontline Gastroenterology podcast in the future.